was listening to a man on uh, radio preaching today, and um, he said that all this virus and all these riots or whatever you want to call it and, and changing everything, he said it, it's not about that. It's about uh, the devil is fighting our Savior, Lord Jesus. And the whole thing is, uh, it, it bothers me, and I, I don't uh, say this very carefully because in the last two weeks, I've heard of three big, used to be, and I, they still are, great churches, but they're dwindling away. I mean, just people have stopped coming, and they're changing to new versions of the Bible, though. And what bothers me about that is that they were, they were established and grew out of the wall on the King James Bible and preached for years. I mean, up to just lately, they've stayed in the King James Bible and now they're going to the American Standard Version and other versions of the Bible. And uh, it just bothers me that people don't understand. Now, I, I wanted just to say that part of it tonight to get you thinking about something. Uh, all of my, ever since I've been saved hearing preachers preach, uh, I have heard preachers talk about doubting Thomas. It, uh, Thomas was a doubter, and, and going with his name even is associated. When you talk to people about Thomas in the Bible, it's always doubting Thomas. And so I got to study, and there's. There's a difference in wanting to know and questioning God. There's a vast difference in that. If if you read say if God says something, we're not to question that. We're to do it, whatever God tells us to do. But when it comes to salvation, when it comes to the Savior, when it comes to the right things that we're to do, I want to know what's right. And without knowing what's right, how can you make the right decisions? Now, I know we accept Christ by faith to get saved. I don't know, but I, and in fact, tonight I got saved. I didn't know anything about salvation. I didn't know God's plan clearly. I didn't know anything, uh, that much about God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But when I heard that Jesus saved me, I would come in this world to save my soul, I believed it. And I trusted Him to save my soul. But what I am saying is, what's wrong with wanting to know for sure God's plan of salvation? And what's wrong with asking? And I, I know some preachers, in fact, uh, one of my former pastors, boy, if anybody come up and ask him any kind of question about his sermon or something he said in his sermon, he'd get mad on it and just say, you're questioning me? But I don't mind people coming up to me at all and asking me a question in the Bible if they want to know the truth. Now, if you want to get in an argument and you just want to be contrary, that's different. But if you want to know the truth, man, that's what I like. I want people to know the truth. And I believe that Thomas was that kind of man. I want to read to you tonight in John chapter 20 for a few minutes, and then I'll get to what I want to show you. In John chapter 20, verse 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled, for fear of the Jews, 
came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you. As my Father has sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. But Thomas, one of the twelve called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. Now keep that in mind at verse 24. That's the problem. He was not with them when Jesus did all the things that Jesus did. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord, but he saith unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of his nails, and thrust my hand into sight, I will not believe. And after eight days again his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then said he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands. And reach hither thy hand, and thrust it in my side. And be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Jesus says to him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that had not seen, and yet have believed. Now, Thomas is mentioned in Mark chapter 3, verse 18, and mentioned in the disciples. He's mentioned in Luke 6, 15. He's mentioned in Matthew chapter 10, and verse 3, in the listing of the disciples. He's also mentioned in John 11, verses 1 through 6, when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. He's mentioned again in John 14, verses 1 through 6, when Jesus talked about going to the Heavenly Father. He's again mentioned in John 20 here where we read after the resurrection of Christ. He's mentioned in John 21 in verse 2 as one of the disciples who went fishing with Peter. Now Didymus in the Greek word for Thomas and it means twin. I believe one of the reasons Thomas was known as Doubting Thomas was because he was so inquisitive. Now, uh, notice please just three things about Thomas I want to give you tonight. Number one, when Thomas saw what he ought to believe, I believe he only wanted to know was it right or not. In John 20, verse 19 through 29, he wanted to believe Jesus had been raised from the dead, but he wanted to be sure. He was not willing to base his faith on what someone else said. Here's what I'm saying tonight. I Ever since I've been preaching the Word of God, and I mean this from my heart, don't trust me or anybody else when it comes to your salvation. Read it out of the Bible yourself. Find it yourself, believe it yourself, and let the Holy Spirit deal with you through the Word of God. Because there's false teachers out there. There's false prophets out there. And there's people that teach contrary to the Word of God. How do you know the difference if you've got somebody teaching you different? And Thomas, I believe, just wanted to know the truth. 
Notice again, there's nothing wrong with wanting to be sure and of your base, what you base your faith on. Now, according to the Bible, we're to base our faith on the Word of God. Uh, somebody asked me one time, I said, I know I'm saved. And they come and ask me, how do you know I'm saved? Number one, it's because I did what the Bible told me to do to get saved. So I base my faith in Christ Jesus on the Word of God. I know I'm saved because God said so. And therefore I say to people, you can't base your faith on Baptist, a Church of Christ, a Catholic, or any other religion. You can't base your... your uh, I know people that say, well, my pastor said... I don't care what religion they are, they rely on what their pastor said. Well, I don't do that, and I don't encourage anybody else to do that. Uh, I ask everybody that I get the priesthood to witness to, you base your salvation on what God says, and that alone. Thomas would not make a confession without first thoroughly investigation. Now, uh, I remember when I came forward, I sat down and my pastor took asked me, did you get saved? Well, I'd been to the altar, prayed, prayed, and I thought I'd, like I was taught to do, to pray through and all this kind of stuff. And I said, well, I hope I did. He said, that ain't good enough. And he sat there and took the Bible and showed me scriptures that I could base my salvation on. He went right through the Romans road and said, this is the Word of God. If you do what God tells you to do, you can be saved. And I believe that that's what Thomas was trying to do here. When Thomas said, My Lord and my God, in verse 28, he believed with all his heart in the Lordship and deity of Jesus. Again, true faith is based on evidence of three kinds. Now, we studied the other night that Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now, faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, true faith is not blind leading the blind. True faith is based on three kinds of evidence. Number one is fact. Number two is demonstrated performance. Number three is the witness of people whose judgment and words can be trusted. Now, what does Jesus want us to believe today? What is the evidence we're to base our faith on? Number one is fact. The fact of Jesus' resurrection. Now, notice where... Uh, the portion of scripture that we're reading here in John chapter 20 is after the resurrection the disciples is in the room waiting for Jesus just like he told them to do and they came and so after the resurrection they're all talking about his resurrection and Thomas said uh, I'll have to see it first I want to see his resurrection I want to know some facts about the resurrection now without the resurrection then we have no savior uh, no God. The fact of the resurrection is the empty tomb and the testimony of many trusted, worthy people who witnessed. Now remember something. When, if you study uh, when it comes to uh, God telling us about the resurrection of Christ, number one, He gives us the facts. He said it happened. Number two, He takes us to the empty tomb. That's a fact. It's empty. Number three, he takes us to over 500 at one time, saw him after his resurrection. So he got the witnesses of those after the resurrection. So first of all, you got the facts. That's 
evidence of faith. Number two, you have demonstrated performance. He came out of that grave. And number three, the witness of people whose judgment you can trust their words. And the disciples saw him. Now, what did Jesus want us to do? Number one, he wants to have the facts. Another evidence is demonstrated performance. The change in multitude of sinners. You know what? I tell people I know I'm saved, and they say, How do you know I'm different than I used to be? I sure didn't do it. Something had to do it better than me. And that's the evidence that I know I'm saved. That's the evidence of my faith. Now, so that's demonstrated performance. The personal testimony, number three, of thousands of Christians of Jesus in their lives. I think about, uh, I've been preaching all these over 50-something years, and I think of all the people that I've seen saved and lives changed, and I could give you testimony after testimony after testimony of lives that I've seen literally change. And so I know that that's a demonstration of faith. Now, once Thomas had a sure basis for his faith, he never again doubted the resurrection of Christ. After the incident with Christ in John 20, verse 19 through 29, Thomas settled his salvation. There's a young friend of mine uh, years ago when he was 16 years old. And I believe he got saved before that. But he was always troubled about it. He was always... Because I was so young and I made a decision for Christ, he said, well, did I do everything right? And I did, was I sincere? And he always talked about it. One night his daddy called me and asked me to drive out to talk to him. I sat down with him. I said, the way you can know now, let me show you. Let's go through the Bible. I went through the Bible. He, he said, yes, sir. I called on the Lord to save me, just like the Bible said. I said, then the God keeps his word. And so what you what you are having right now is doubts. You got to settle that right here, right now. And I had a man not long ago come forward in church, and he said, "I came forward to get saved." I said, "Let me ask you something. Have you ever before asked the Lord to save you and mean it out of your heart?" Yes, but I'm afraid I lost my salvation. I know God don't lose you, and He's the one who does the salvation. What you need to do right here and right now, though, if you don't know that you were saved in the past. Let's ask the Lord to save you right here. And somebody said, now, Lord, preacher, that ain't right. You ought not to do that. Wait a minute. If you were saved back there, praise the Lord. But right here, settle it. Amen. Just get it settled in your heart. And I believe Thomas, uh, he wanted to get this thing of his salvation settled. And so when Thomas saw uh, what he ought to do, he only wanted to know how to do it. Now, I want you to watch this. Go with me to John 14. And he's mentioned again. In John 14, in verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Jesus is doing his speaking. And he's speaking to his disciples. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. If I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Whether I go, you know, and the way you know. Now, I've said this often, at funerals especially. I believe if I'd have been there that day, I would have asked the same question that Thomas asked in verse 5. You think about this for just a minute. Here's Jesus, and He's teaching His disciples, 
of His resurrection and about going to heaven and everything. And He says, In my Father's house are many mentions. Where I go, I go to prepare a place for you. I said to myself, If that's all I heard, then I would ask the question, Where are you going? Where is heaven? Where are you going to? That's exactly what Thomas asked in verse 5. Thomas said to him, Lord, we know not where thou goest, and how can we know the way? That's a, that's a legitimate question. What's wrong with that question? I can't see a thing wrong with it. I want to know. Amen. And the answer Jesus gave him is found, found in verse 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man coming to the Father but by me. And you won't find anywhere else later on that John ever asked that question again. He settled that thing once in a while. He wanted to believe Jesus had been raised from the dead, but he wanted to be sure. He was not willing to base his faith on what someone else said. He wanted to know for himself. There's nothing wrong with wanting to base, say, put your salvation on your basis, on your faith. Thomas would not make a confession without first thoroughly investigating. Now notice this, please. When Thomas said, My Lord and my God, in verse 28, he believed with all his heart in the Lordship and deity of Christ. True faith is based on evidence of three kinds, fact, uh, demonstrated performance, and the witness of other people. Then Thomas saw what he ought to do, and he did it. Now I want to show you something else. God teaches us the truth about God's love, God's mercy, God's justice, God's power. And Jesus meant He was the way and of life with the Father. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 12. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 teaches us, Men are dead in their sins and trespasses, but they become alive in the Father when they receive Jesus Christ as Lord. Now, I can't explain all of that, but God's Word can. Did you know God's Word gives you answer to everything you need? Jesus meant He was the only way to go to heaven and to be with the Father. In Hebrews chapter 7, verse 24 through 28, Jesus is the only access to the Heavenly Father. Then number three, when Thomas saw what he ought to do, nothing could keep him from doing it. Turn with me now to Luke, uh, John chapter 11, and I want you to watch this. I, I, love, I laugh at this every time I read it. John chapter 11, and I'll begin to read in verse 1. Now a certain man was sick, named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and his sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with on and wiped his feet with their hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Then after that, saith he to his disciples, let us go into Judea again. His disciples said unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee. And goeth thou hither again? Jesus said, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of the world. 
But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth because there is no light in them. These things saith he, and after that he saith to them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I might wake him out of sleep. Then said his disciple, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. How be it, Jesus spake of his death. But they thought that he had spoken of take uh, of rest and sleep. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there. To the intent you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. Now here's the funny part. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, Let us go also that we may die with him. <laughs> I read that every time I read it. And I thought to myself, Now I want you to watch this though. Here's some things Jesus' friend Lazarus did. Now remember something, he did. After some time, Jesus told the twelve disciples that they would go back into Judea. But the disciples knew the Jews had sought to stone Jesus and petitioned him whether or not he ought to go in verse 8. And when Thomas saw that Jesus was going anyhow, he said in verse 16, Let us go also, that we may die with him. Now I've looked at this many times and studied this over and over. I've laughed at it many times, thinking he was a pessimist who only saw the bad things of life. But truly, this is a statement of deep devotion. He was ready to die with his Lord. Now, you think about this. Tradition says that Thomas went to India to preach the gospel, and there he died a martyr's death. Some tell us he was shot with arrows while he was praying. I believe this story of Thomas tells one important thing. Make sure you're saved. Get inquisitive into the Word of God until you have assurance and have settled your salvation. 1 John 5.13 These things, that is all the Word of God, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and then you may believe on the name of the Son of God. I believe this all my heart. God does not expect you to step out into space out of nothing and believe in Him. God gives you evidence. He lets you know He is God. And then He takes His Word and He, he establishes the facts that He is God. Now it's up to you to believe in Him. And He wants you that, to have that assurance. Then live the life of Christ in your life till He comes back for you or you die. In other words, just keep on keeping on. I, I really believe this if I know my heart tonight. And I don't know if anybody knows their own heart. But if I know my heart tonight, I'm going to die knowing I'm saved. Amen? I don't want nothing to take that from me. That assurance. I, if I get on my deathbed and I'm suffering, I'm, I'm fixing to die. I, I know Dr. Curtis Hudson was a good friend of mine. And I talked to him just before he died. And uh, Dr. Clyde Box was in the room with him. And you know what Dr. Uh, uh, Curtis Hudson was doing? And just before he died, took his last breath, he was still preaching. He was still preaching to Clyde Box sitting there beside his bed. That's the way I want to go out of this world. I want to still be doing the same old thing. I was just a preacher. 
that service the other day and somebody asked me, Brother Strong, you still preaching that old King James Bible? I hope I never quit. I hope I never quit preaching the King James Bible. I hope I quit. I hope I just keep right on keeping on for the Lord, preaching salvation messages. Everybody I can come in contact with, I'm going to tell them about my Lord to the day I die, if the Lord will let me. Now that's the kind of assurance I believe Thomas got. Get inquisitive. If you've got questions about your salvation or your assurance or about God or about anything about God, get inquisitive. Get in the Bible. Settle it. Amen? And when you have somebody come along uh, asking stupid and unscriptural questions, you'll be settled. They can't rattle you. Amen? Just be settled in it. And no, you're not going to get me. I, I played golf. used to play quite a bit with Ronnie Booth and some of the guys and we we went to this one golf course and, and this guy uh, one day I was talking to him he, he brought the carts out you know to put our golf clubs on and everything and every time I'd show up to play he'd come out to see me because I had told him that I was a Baptist preacher in conversation with him and uh, uh, he put in he was Catholic and I, all I could hear every time I'd come up He's going to tell me about the Catholic faith. He just kept on and on. And one day, I'd had enough of it, and he'd come up to me and I said, Now, it's my turn. I've listened to you long enough. He said, i got to go. I said, Oh, no. Now, you. every time I've come up here, you met me here and just put in, Now, I'm going to tell you what the Bible says. And I talked to him about the Lord straightforward. And, and what I'm trying to say, and I'm going to tell you a little story, I'm not going to let him shake my faith. Amen? I know what I believe. And I believe Thomas said, Lord, uh, let me see your hands. Let me see your side. By faith, I want to do the same thing. I want to know by Jesus, He's my Savior. Because there's many false Christs out there in the world today. And I want to know the real one. Amen? I'm putting my eternal salvation in His hands. And I want to know He's got me. And I know He has. Father, we ask you to bless everyone.